Welcome back to the Burr Investor Podcast, where our mission is to empower aspiring real estate investors in their journey towards building generational wealth. In this episode, we're delighted to introduce Eddie Osich, the founder and driving force behind Neo and Associates. As an accomplished architect, Eddie brings a unique blend of creativity and strategic thinking to the team of real estate. His firm's commitment to everything deserves design has shaped numerous successful projects, especially in the area of accessory dwelling units or ADUs. Eddie, it's an honor to have you with us today to dive deep into the world of ADUs and explore how architectural ingenuity can enhance real estate investments. Thank you for taking the time to join us today and for sharing your valuable insights with our listeners. Thank you, Alex. I really appreciate it. That's a great intro. Yeah, it's very smooth. <laughs> to kick things off, Eddie, let's start by telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, and the areas you service. My, yeah, my name is Eddie Osuch. I'm, I've been running Neo and Associates now for almost 10 years. Uh, we do everything from commercial to residential uh, units and uh, everything in between. And we service, actually, we service a lot of areas. We're doing work right now in Southern California and Las Vegas. Wow. And we're also uh, working on some projects in Austin, Texas. So. We've really branched out. Very cool. Yeah. So your team is pretty spread out. You have, you have, I believe, someone in Las Vegas that's on your team as well because we connected with a few weeks ago, right? Yes. The great thing about having the, you know, being a remote, we've always been a virtual office. Okay. Long before COVID, when we first started out, we just didn't want to drive anymore. Okay. So uh, and the internet was capable of handling us. So we really took advantage of that and worked with our team to do that. And... It's really brought a, a sense of efficiency and you know coordination with clients, and so I have people in Washington State and uh, Texas, Nevada, Northern California. So yeah, kind of a little bit mostly on the western half of the U.S. Very cool. Yeah. So tell me, what differentiates you from other architects? We really pride ourselves in working with the client and making an iterative process where we go back and forth and we really connect with what the client is looking for and we become the steward for the project and we take it all the way to the end and make sure that they get to their ready to issue moment the champagne magical uh, time when they get their building permit and we take them all the way to the end that's okay. what we pride ourselves on and it, I think it it does make us unique in that matter. And I can attest to that, you know, with the experience that we've had working together with, uh, you know, the clients that you've been uh, supporting that I've sent your way. You know, one of the biggest things is you're very, very client-centric, and that's really hard to find nowadays. Um, and, you know, whether you're working with a homeowner or a real estate investor, having somebody that you can trust on your team is crucial. However, it's hard to find so i'm grateful to you know for to have met you and uh, it's it's been a great journey so far oh thank you yeah, that's one of the things that we the client interaction it's really top notch of what is important to us i'm glad you feel that way absolutely yeah we make it a prerogative so let's move into adus you know that's going to be the topic of today's discussion could you explain to our listeners what exactly an adu is and its role in the current real estate market well, an ADU is an accessory dwelling unit. Uh, it's an 
an additional structure to an existing site. But it, there's so many different flavors after that. It sounds so simple on the top, it, yeah. it, but I'm just describing the, the tip of the iceberg. It goes further and further in depth. And what it provides for clients uh, and homeowners is the possibility of having uh, additional income for the site and you know, being able to rent out that property on its own separate merit. You don't need to apply for having a new unit. You have one mm -hmm. and you don't have to be zoned for it. All of Southern California is zoned for ADUs. So it gives you so many benefits without having to add um, like, you know, like an apartment unit. And also beyond that, there's even more and more flavors. It, it, it keeps going. But that's the first round is the additional income. The second one is also, uh, I've had clients uh, now that we're moving into this age where the real estate is so expensive and you know, it's difficult for generations. I'm getting a lot of, uh, let's put the last generation or the latest, the, the grandparents want a place to live. Mm -hmm. Or the other way, the kids need a place to live. So it becomes a generational kind of solution for the family to build an ADU. Yeah, I mean, when it first started, my understanding is when ADUs first came about, uh, it was mainly for that, like an in-law suite, a grandma suite, or kids coming back from college to have that extra space to stay with mom and dad until they find their own place. It was more, you know, tied with as a primary residence versus like an extra source of income. And throughout the years, it's evolved. And, you know, now it's a big source uh, for investors as well, because as you mentioned, now you can rent it out and you can get definitely, uh, you know, more livable space or source of income. Uh, I wanted to, you know, I know there's a couple different variations of ADUs. You know, I hear about an ADU, a junior ADU. Can you touch a little bit on that? Yes, uh, an ADU is, is new construction. Okay. That's a bit, the easiest way to look at it. You can have attached or detached, but it's new construction. new construction. Yeah, so you're pouring new foundations, you're adding square footage, you're making a project larger. What a JDU is, is it's cutting up some of the existing square footage and turning it into uh, a rentable unit. Okay. Let's just say you had a 2,500 square foot house and there's this weird storage space room on the first floor that you don't know what to do with. But it's rather large. It's you know, four or 500 square feet. Well, what we can offer is to add a kitchen, su submit with the city, and then that client can turn around and say, hey, I can rent this out. I can make a profit on this now and have it help me out with my mortgage. So can someone like utilize an unpermitted space like a sunroom, for example, and turn that into a junior ADU? Well, like a sunroom, let's just say, uh, first of all, we would have to get it permitted. Correct. We'd turn it into permittable space. But at the same time, as an architecture firm, what we can do is we can submit it as permittable and let's keep going. Let's make it the JD. Got it. So okay. we, by being a full-fledged architecture firm, we can offer both of those processes and get the client all the way to the finish line, not just halfway there. So from beginning to end. Beginning to end. There you go. We'd okay. love to take people on the journey. That's what, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. 
So one of the biggest questions that I hear out there, you know, from clients or other investors is how big of an ADU can one build? And, you know, does that vary from, you know, one area to, to another? When ADUs originally came out and there was, a, it was the gold rush, I believe it was 2018. Mm -hmm. And everybody, uh, no, actually it was 2019, excuse me. Uh, everybody rushed out and said, I have to get an ADU. And because at the beginning, it was 1,200 square feet, and the municipalities didn't have any rules against it. There was no, it, it was the Wild West. You were allowed to do what you wanted, just 1,200 square feet. Now that we're a few years in, a lot of the municipalities, your local cities, have pushed back and, and realized that this unrelent, you know, unrelenting growth could be a real problem. So they've come back with their own uh, set of criteria, you know, if you go over 800 square feet, you need a special permission, or we're going to charge you more. If you go all the way up to 1,200 square feet, you have to abide by the existing setbacks. Okay. And so there's a lot of extras that have come in in the last year, and it really, the last couple of years, and it's come, it's made it a lot more of a maze to, to figure out what's the best use and the best ADU. That That's why it takes a professional like yourself to help a client analyze their specific situation, I would assume, right? To figure out how to maximize that property. Yes. Uh, for instance, uh, we have a client that knew that we, you know, when we approached the city, they said, if you go over 800 square feet, we're going to charge you an additional $20,000 of design review fees. Mm -hmm. And so, but the client also didn't want to give up any of their program. They didn't want, they, they were bent on two bedrooms, two baths, family living. And so we were able to design to that need down to the last square foot and utilize some other architectural techniques such as outdoor, indoor outdoor space to make it still feel luxurious, but still keep it inside of that original budget, and, uh, you know, the spatial budget, so. Awesome. Yeah. Now, with ADUs, uh, and this may vary by area as well, are there any, you know, specific parking requirements? When ADUs started uh, across the board, we didn't have to abide by any. Mm -hmm. uh, we found that as we've grown into the law, uh, some areas require it. Uh, a random example is the uh, city of uh, Burbank. It has been requiring us to have an extra parking space for an ADU. Uh, it depends. It really depends on the municipality. Right now, though, a majority, that's the best part about an ADU, is you don't have to add parking. And you can even take away existing parking. You can take away existing garages yeah. in order to feed that. And, and cities are welcoming it because of the, you know, the housing crisis that we have here, especially in Southern California. So with your experience and with the, the, some of the projects that you've worked with, what would you say are some of the common challenges that people face when planning or building an ADU? Some of the common challenges, uh, first of all, is the square footage. Okay. And how it sits on the site is very important. Uh, understanding that, you know, what the setbacks mean to one group is different, uh, like fire department versus uh, planning. So you have to kind of navigate that. That's, so that's one thing, is the placement on the site. Another one is the style. Okay. Uh, some allow you to do a little bit different style, 
but a lot of them want, you know, a lot of different cities want you to stay inside of the same style as the existing house. Some let you do what you want. It really depends on where you're building. Uh, another example is uh, uh, Los Angeles, for instance. You know, the city, the greater city of Los Angeles lets you do a two-story ADU, which is fantastic. Two-story, 1,200-square-foot ADU, three-bedroom, two-bath. I can do that all day. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect, right? But other, like the city of Pasadena, you really have to fight to get a two-story ADU. So that's one of those pluses and minuses of different areas. And I'm sure there are the height restrictions come into play with ADUs as well, right? Depends on where they're located. Oh yes, uh, actually, you kind of you kind of led right to it in Los Angeles. I, my height restriction is twenty five feet. Okay. Perfect. Two stories. I can even have a raised foundation. Everything's perfect. And then, uh, whereas let's say Pasadena, my height limit is eighteen feet, which is just high enough to make you think that you can do a second story, but you cannot. I, it, by the time you put in actual floors and those kind of things, it just doesn't work. So that is, it depends on what, where you're talking. And also if it's attached, if you have a two-story home and you attach an ADU to it, you can keep the height of that home as part of the ADU. Okay. Yeah. So, and also let's go back to like, you know, one of the other municipalities, we can attach it as a two-story ADU, which is great, you know, but otherwise, as soon as you detach, then it comes down. So those are very important, you know, tips to know because the average person, if they don't know that, they can, you know, leave a lot of money on the table or a lot of, you know, opportunity behind if they don't maximize the property that way. Oh, definitely. Uh, there, there's a lot, you know, and the way it can be interpreted, it, you have to approach the building department on each one of these and have them understand what you're doing before you do it and really play out all the possibilities. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, another project where you think putting an ADU on top of an existing garage would be easy. That, sh that should be the, the slam dunk. It turns out that that's actually a lot harder than it first appears. So you have to make sure that you can do that. So that's where you contact a professional like our group mm -hmm. and we can figure out the best use for your property. Takes me to my next question. You know, there are, you know, architects, architectural firms like yourself, and then there are contractors. So when it comes to, you know, if somebody wants to build an ADU or assess their property for an ADU, what, in your opinion, would you suggest as a first step? Is it, you know, hiring an architect? Is it hiring a contractor? Or where, do you, where would you suggest they go first? I would suggest come to the architect first. The architect is the one that knows and has worked with the city, even if they haven't actually worked with the city before, they understand the general rules. And they will contact and make sure that it can be done before you get further into the project. You need to know before you start anything that it can be done. So the architect is a, the first one you talk to. Okay, Yeah. fair enough. So can you shed some light about, you know, how, what does the, the, the permitting process of an ADU look like and how does someone, you know, go about navigating it in a very smooth fashion? First of all, the, the way the process looks like is a lot of cities have it submitted as a, its own special kind of line. Actually, some cities have hired an, an in-house ADU expert to help uh, 
you know, facilitate the process. In that line, you don't have to go to typical planning and make sure it's okay and then go to building. You go straight into this uh, new submittal, you know, building, it's basically building and safety. You go straight to that and you, you have to submit the whole set of plans, working plans. They're gonna want architectural, structural, uh, Title 24, which is energy calcs. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing is submitted usually online and then it goes through their internal review process and it goes back to your architect. They review and take care of all the, the corrections, resubmit it, and then you get closer to your uh, you know, magic champagne moment where you're given your, uh, you know, ready to issue your permit. And so you work together with your architect and we've seen that process be anywhere from four months to six months. Okay. So, you know, I know cities have been saying that it's only a 30-day turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, more power to them. Maybe for them it is, but for anybody outside that has to go through their wheels, it, it takes a bit longer. Very fair. Very fair. Given your expertise in sustainable design, how can ADUs be made more environmentally friendly and energy efficient? Well, there's some things that are coming down the line, especially in this latest uh, energy codes. Mm -hmm. That's to start there. First of all, our insulation values have all, uh, they, we can say skyrocketed. They've increased, uh, uh, not exponentially, but in, uh, by a fair amount. So now the whole roof system, the, the whole entire uh, envelope of the building is way more insulated than it used to be. Okay. The... Uh, the efficiency of all the uh, air conditioning systems has also increased as well. And then we always design and, and set up a, um, solar, a solar panel array. There's like a mini array that goes on each one of these so in order to help supply the, the building with its own power source. Not, it's never enough to get fully off the grid, but it's enough to give the, a fair supply. Also, what we do as an architecture firm is we work with the solar orientation. A lot of places, they'll just rubber stamp your ADU. However, we actually think about where is the sun? Okay. <laughs> uh, how is it orientated towards the house? What's the best use of indoor-outdoor space? And we really incorporate that into our drawings and, you know, and our design to make sure that the home design performs environmentally efficiently. Okay. So do like ADUs, if they're new construction ADUs, is it required to have solar or you just prep them for uh, the ability to have solar? The, the last <clears throat> gen around, we just had to prep. New gen, we have to provide, uh, it used to be, oh, just put a solar hookup on the roof, that was good. Now we have to show them exactly where it's going to go and where it's going to be. Okay. So it, they've upped the the game, so to speak, on that. Also, in Southern California, this is a, a relatively the last six or eight months, it's been really coming around that uh, all new construction is no gas. That's true. No hot water heater. So all of our hot water heaters are electric now, which is actually kind of inefficient for heating up water because gas is super efficient, but it's not green enough. So what, basically, you're using the power from the sun on your solar panels to help heat up your water. Even stoves are going to be mandatory to be electric yeah. and AC, HVAC units 
are all getting, you know, anything newly installed has to be electric, like with the heat pump and so forth. So there's a lot of changes coming about. But Yeah, it's definitely changed uh, our priorities and uh, our set of standards has moved to another level to, mm -hmm. to match that. I think it's a good thing, but, I, you know, some people just still like cooking with gas. I, I, it, <laughs> I'm one of them. Yeah. You know, so. So for someone considering adding an ADU to their property, uh, what advice would you give them to ensure a successful project? Let's just go, I, I think I want to go through the top three. Number one, get a real architect. Get somebody that knows what they're doing. You know, make sure, check their background a little bit. Make sure they're licensed. Make sure they're the real deal. And then, num so there's your architect. Number two is your, your contractor. The contractor should be someone that's, is not run, it's got to be a general contractor because you're coordinating multiple things. I've had some clients that think that they can do these projects on their own yep. and six months in, they're exhausted, they have holes in the ground and a little bit of concrete and, and they're done. <clears throat> and, and it's just something that they should, you know, really consider in the beginning to help themselves out. You know, realize, okay, there's a few analogies for this. Uh, wait, oh, I need to get to the third one. The third one is, the first one is architect, second one is the contractor, and the third one is your financing. Reach out. Uh, as soon as you get your, your drawings from your, from your architect, start reaching out to your, your lenders and get the money to go behind it. And, and be, you know, have that all in place so that when you get to that champagne moment, then you can start writing checks and, and get the process moving. So that's the three for that. But let me get back to the analogy. Uh, my analogy for that is actually when you go out for surgery, would you hire, you know, somebody that, you know, specializes in, you know, car maintenance? No, you want the surgeon. You want to look for the best surgeon. You, or actually the other part of the analogy is would you do it yourself? Are you going to perform surgery on yourself? No. You're, you're going to call someone that knows what they're doing, has done it before, and will get you to the end in the best manner for you. And sometimes it's not you. It's the professional that does it. I mean, I get it. A lot of people are always, you know, focused on how they can save money and, you know, cut corners. Unfortunately, you know, I've seen a lot of people put themselves in predicaments or even hiring the wrong architect or contractor, even if they don't decide to do themselves, but they hire a person based on a price, uh, rather than you know, experience, uh, you know, reputation, and so forth. It really makes a difference. It's sad, I've heard a lot of horror stories about that, and you know, it truly comes down to having the right team, architect, contractor, sometimes you're, you know, your CPA or lawyer for uh, legal advice and uh, financial advice. And also the right lender to provide you the, the, the funding for a project like that. I mean, uh, not many people are aware that you can actually fund these projects utilizing loans, specific loans that apply for ADUs or for new construction versus having to fork out the money themselves. So there's a lot of ways to do that. And when you do, if, if you're going to obtain a loan, you have to go through the process of hiring professionals, licensed professionals, like you mentioned, you know, mm -hmm. and like yourself and your firm. So uh, that's, that's my, my opinion. That's my take on it. You know, I've, you know, I've been burnt in this industry with all the experience, so I really know how it is. Yeah. Well, just to finish that out, I do, and it could be a whole separate topic, I do get the 
uh, three times a week, I get the architect 911 call. <laughs> That's what I call it. And it's, I hired someone that was really cheap, and now I'm stuck. Can you help me? And I'm like, did you already go to the building department? And they're like, yes. I'm like, oh. you know, it, it becomes really hard to fix those situations. It becomes twice the effort. So, yeah, it's always good to hire a professional. Or I've paid them, I've given them all the money, and the job is not done, and now they don't answer my calls. Exactly. That, that's, that's very unfortunate. Yes. Very unfortunate. Well, as we wrap up our awesome conversation, could you let our listeners know the best way to reach you and to learn more about your services? Uh, yeah, the best way to reach me is at uh, neo-inc.com. That's... Uh, our website, you can see on there all the different examples of the type of work that we do. And so that's our website. And then it goes into Instagram. We're at N-E-O-I-N-C. And you can see us there as well. You can drop us a line there as well. And uh, yeah, those are the two easiest ways to, to reach out to us. Awesome. And, you know, check out Eddie's bio down in the comments below. We'll also have his website, his contact information, his social media handles. So please check, check it out. Reach out to him or reach out, uh, you know, through our channels as well. Uh, we'd love to connect you with him. So, Eddie, thank you so much for taking the time. I truly appreciate it. It was truly a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Oh, I, I have one last thing. Is I have to plug the book. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I have a book called Just... And it's all about this journey of helping out people get from the inception, the beginning, all the way to the end, and enjoy the, the journey. And have it enjoyable. That's what, really what we're about. So the name of the book is Just, and it's coming out this summer. That's exciting. Yeah. It's very, very exciting. That's awesome. Looking forward to it. I hope I get a copy when it comes out. A signed copy. (laughs) Oh, of course. Awesome. Well, thank you all for joining the Burr Investor Podcast. If you found this uh, today's episode helpful, please hit like and subscribe to our channel for more real estate insights. We love hearing from you, so please leave your thoughts, questions, and topics you'd like to uh, you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Be sure to check out our website, theburrinvestor.com, and also check us out on social media at Alex Nale and at the Burr Investor. Uh, my name is Alex Nale. I'm your host, and stay invested. Until next time. <laughs>